0: Is anything harder in this life than teaching? As far as jobs go, at least. Teaching is such an extreme challenge in so many different aspects of life. We have the opportunity to be teachers. Teaching is a major part of parenting, training others on the job, helping other people learn skills that we have already developed. Think of a time when you have tried to teach someone else a skill. Now, it may have been challenging enough for you to develop that skill. But what was it like when you tried to teach it to somebody else? Wasn't it much more challenging? Teaching. How is it done? How can we be successful teachers? And what is the point of all of it? Did you know that teaching is... The main aspect of God's work today, God's work delivers a message, teaches a message to the entire world about the good news of the coming kingdom of God. In a sermon from May 26, 1984, Worldwide Church of God founder, Herbert W. Armstrong, talked about teachers and teaching. He said, maybe you call it preaching, but there is more than one kind of preaching. Now, the word preaching means a certain kind of teaching. Preaching usually includes urging, a trying to move people to action with a little more vigor back of it than just ordinary teaching. We hear lots of preaching today, but with nothing but emotion, but no teaching. And teaching is sadly lacking in the world today. So as he points out there, teaching is a proper mix of emotional appeal, but also expertise in the subject. If we are trying to stir people up, but we don't know what we're talking about, it's not going to be too valuable for our students. If we do know a lot, but we're boring and we put people to sleep, it's also not going to be too valuable. So there does have to be emotion. There has to be passion. But at the same time, there also has to be expertise. Who is a better teacher than God. Well, that answer goes without saying, (laughs) nobody. God has set up a work today that we are all honored to support. And through this work, he is training teachers. Now, to understand why God would train teachers right now and why the number of teachers he is training numbers only in the thousands out of the nearly 8 billion people on earth. We have to understand God's master plan. What is he doing here on this earth? What does he have in mind for our future? Why? are so few called to teach today before the return of Jesus Christ. Mr. Armstrong continues in this May 26, 1984 sermon. We are the fruits, and only those that God the Father has drawn can come into the church. Only they are called. But what about others, and why can't others come? And then he talks about Romans 8, verse 7. Romans 8, verse 7 explains a lot to us. It says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. What a revealing verse. That says that the vast majority of all mankind has closed minds to God's truth. They cannot, they will not understand God's truth right now. And that was the case for every one of us in the Philadelphia Church of God Before God called us, before we were converted, before we received the Holy Spirit, before we had a mind change, before God started to bring us along and open our minds through this incredible conversion process, we were also blind and deaf when it came to God's truth. We were hostile to God's truth. And then God worked a miracle. God brought a small, a low thousands of us, (laughs) a small number into his church to become teachers. But we have to understand this does not Exclude the rest of mankind from God's plan yes God has only called several thousand today out of billions and yet their time is coming too Mr. Armstrong says here they don't understand the gospel they don't know what the gospel is And yet that's what Jesus Christ came to earth the first time to preach, to teach. Mark 1 verse 15, Christ said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. Mr. Armstrong asked the question, How can they believe a gospel when they have never heard anything about it and they know nothing of it? So Christ was a teacher. He commands us to believe the gospel. And yet, how many people have actually heard that gospel? Mr. Armstrong preached it around the world. He fulfilled Matthew 24, verse 14. But still, there are individuals, plenty of them, Who perhaps didn't hear that message? God says to believe the gospel, and yet not everyone has heard it yet. God wouldn't make a command unless there was a way to keep it, to obey it. Mr. Armstrong asks another question. Why did God give his Holy Spirit in Old Testament times to the prophets, but not to the rest of Israel and not to any Gentiles? Why did he give the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit? Why did he communicate directly to the prophets? Well, it was for a certain job he had for them to do, and that was they were called to do something. They were called to write down the messages that God gave them. And those messages comprise the Old Testament, in other words, parts of the Bible. They were the ones through which God communicates to the whole world ultimately, but the world doesn't understand much of it yet. The church does, but the world does not. So even going beyond the formation of the church, as Mr. Armstrong talks about here, God only used a select few. He only gave access to his Holy Spirit to a select few who had a job to do at that particular time. People who were going to be involved with recording God's word, writing down what God said in the Bible, preserving God's word for us. Mr. Armstrong continues. They were called to perform a certain mission or job. But why are we called? Why are we the firstfruits? And why does not God call everybody now? Why has he called only us? Those of us that are in the church. Is God unfair? Is God a respecter of persons? We have to ask that question. Does God play favorites? Is God, the teacher, giving special favors to the students who put an apple on his desk? What is it? What's going on here? Why is God calling some people out of the world today, but not the vast majority? Mr. Armstrong continues here in this 1984 sermon. The only reason that anybody is called now is we are drafted for a mission. And that mission is that we become teachers. Like I said, teaching is probably the hardest thing in the world to do. Out of all the jobs I've ever done or ever had. Teaching is the hardest one by far. And now I have a chance to teach all the time at Imperial Academy in, a, in two different English classes. And beyond that, every single day at home, <laughs> I have a very bright four-year-old daughter. And she could poke all kinds of holes in what I say if I don't teach correctly we have to be able to teach be experts in our subjects or else our students are going to ask questions that completely stump us real study advanced preparation must be put in before we go to the classroom before we sit down with our children and teach We all have different teaching opportunities. We're all being trained to teach, even if we're not doing it yet in this life. And teaching is a hard job. Now, there are plenty of things we must teach to our students. Really, the most important thing is that All blessings come from obeying God. All the happiness and peace and joy, the abundant life comes from keeping God's law, obeying his government. There are blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience. And anyone can read about that in the Bible. It's right there for us. Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28. There's the tree of life, and there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There is light, and there is darkness. There is God, there is Satan. There is the give way, there is the getway. And when we uphold a godly standard, when we uphold his standard of righteousness and perfection, we do bring out the best in our students. They are motivated to strive for the impossible or what they thought was impossible. Great teachers help their students unlock the incredible human potential. They help their students become more skilled than they ever thought possible. Now, again, Mr. Herbert W. Armstrong said here in this 1984 sermon, Jesus was a teacher. He taught his apostles, his disciples who became apostles. And his great commission was, go you into all the world and teach all nations. So Christ teaches us, and then we turn around and teach. And that's what God's work is all about. It's all about teaching. There's nothing more challenging, but there's also nothing more rewarding. Seeing the results in our students, in our children, in anyone we have the opportunity to teach. Mr. Armstrong said, the character of God and the character of Christ. We couldn't be teachers without that character. He said, if we are going to teach others, we have to set the example. And we have to teach people to come to have the character of God. That's ultimately what it's all about. This warning message goes out to the world today through Mr. Gerald Flurry, through the Philadelphia church of God, through the Philadelphia trumpet news magazine, the key of David television program, KPCG radio, the Royal vision magazine, the church websites, pcg.church and the trumpet.com and plenty of other avenues. There's even a concert series. There are digs in Jerusalem, all kinds of ways to shine a light to the world, to give people hope, to show them that God's way of life really works. Now, a huge part of teaching is demonstrating, is giving examples of how the principle we're trying to get across actually practically works in the case of teaching God's way of life. We set an example by the way we actually live. We demonstrate that God's law brings blessings by showing that in the way we live, showing the blessings we receive by obeying God. It really does work. Teaching without examples is empty and ineffective. Teaching with examples is full and effective. We have to set an example. We have to shine a light to the world and show them that God's way works in a tangible, practical way. That's what this work is all about. Teaching. God teaches us. We turn around and teach. And all of this fits within the perfect timing of God's master plan. Every person who has ever lived will have a chance to hear the gospel message so they can actually believe it. Just like Christ said, repent and believe the gospel. We can't repent if we don't know we're wrong. And we can't believe the gospel if we've never heard it. So all mankind is in desperate need of teachers to show them the cause of all their problems to show them how they have been wrong and how to change, to live a better way. And once those people are shown the better way, they will want to repent. They will want to change. They will want to go God's way to receive the blessings Those people will need teachers, these hundreds of billions, probably at least tens of billions of people who have ever lived. They will need teachers to explain the gospel, to expound on God's plan so they can understand how can they believe the gospel if they've never heard it? They need teachers to teach them the gospel. Every last human being who has ever lived will need a teacher or two or more to be taught the gospel. God's plan includes everybody. Everyone will be taught. Matthew chapters 5 through 7 showed Jesus Christ preaching and teaching in depth. And Matthew 7, verse 28 says, When Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. Then verse 29, For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. How did Jesus Christ, the teacher, Have authority. Well, he spoke up powerfully. He commanded attention. He led by example. He was an expert in his subject. He combined emotion and logic in perfect balance. He told stories. He expounded on valuable life lessons and he proclaimed the coming kingdom of God. He was the perfect teacher. Acts one verse one says that the book of Acts records all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Acts, the book of Acts shows Christ's students becoming teachers. The fruits of Christ's teaching becoming evident down the line, down through the generations of teachers and students that he started. Mr. Armstrong said he taught so that we would learn. So that we in turn could teach when he comes in his kingdom. That's when we will be doing most of the teaching. Some of us are called as teachers and ministers to teach you. Now, some are teachers in ambassador college today, Herbert W. Armstrong college, and they teach future ministers. Some are ministers who teach you and you're being taught. So that when the time comes, you can teach and rule. You see, it's all about passing it down the line. Those who are taught turn around and become the teachers once their training is complete. This will continue into the world tomorrow where spirit born children of God will teach everyone else on earth who is still alive at that time. And for a thousand years, as humanity multiplies on earth, humans will be taught and trained. They will enter the God family. They will turn around and teach the generations after them. And it will just continue for the entire world tomorrow. And then after the world tomorrow, when all mankind is resurrected, all those who were dead for the entire thousand years of the world tomorrow, they'll be resurrected and they'll be taught and they'll be given a lifetime to choose eternal life, to choose God's way. And then it will probably just continue forever out into the universe, populating the planets, populating all the the vast, endless, endless, Galaxies out there teaching forever. That is God's work. It's all about teaching. Here's some sobering correction from Mr. Armstrong. He quotes Hebrews five verses 11 through 12, which, which state of whom we have many things to say that are hard to be uttered. Seeing that you are all dull of hearing for when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So those in God's church today, those hearing the message of God's work today have an opportunity to be trained as teachers But are we sleeping through our classes? Are we dull of hearing? Or are we getting ready to teach? Are we the equivalent of spiritual babies who need to stay on the milk and have an advance to the strong spiritual meat? Mr. Armstrong comments on Hebrews 5 verses 11 through 12. In other words, brethren, you should grow in grace and knowledge and absorb more and more so that you can go out and teach others. And Paul is here rebuking the congregation. They ought to already be teachers, but they had not absorbed enough knowledge to teach anybody. And I wonder how many of you are in that boat today and you haven't absorbed enough knowledge. You haven't grown enough in character. Have you grown enough that you can qualify now? Do you think for the job that is coming, what kind of teaching credentials and resume will we need to teach all mankind? It's a resume much more impressive and extensive than one that would qualify us to teach at Harvard. We have to become spiritual masters, experts in God's law and his way of life, living God's way through a lifetime so that we know how to teach it to others. That is a motivating calling. And anyone who helps in God's work today before Jesus Christ returns can learn how to teach and will be teaching for all eternity. But even those who don't become teachers first will become teachers. Eventually that is just how it works, but what an opportunity to do it now to learn how to be teachers God's way right now through this training program in God's work. Mr. Armstrong concludes this May 26, 1984 sermon. We must be pleasing God a little, but I think if we please God a lot more, we'd find the growth would be a lot more. And we could grow even faster than we are. So let's grow faster from here on. Let's please God more from this point on. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.